Hey, Excel. It's good to see everybody. Um, I am feeling a lot happier lately, um, particularly because of this. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I finally got a haircut. Finally got a fade after more than two months, which is one of the longest stretches I've done uh, in a while. And, uh, you know, haircuts always made me feel better. And, and obviously, you know, I, I feel a little rejuvenated. But uh, as I was thinking about how I was feeling, I was realizing I've had a lot of emotions uh, this past week, as I'm sure many of you had. And they range, uh, you know, everywhere. Um, you know, starting with the murder of George Floyd. Um, when I watched that video last week, I felt angry. Um, I felt angry, I felt sad, I cried, I was upset. Um, and then that began a, a week of just all types of emotions that were going through my heart, mind, and soul. Um, you know, I felt angry at what I was watching, um, at, at the fact that it was happening and that it was being allowed to happen. I felt angry that this was another situation like that, that it just feels like over and over again, these things tend to happen. I felt uh, discouraged as I saw people uh, online attacking, fighting. I felt encouraged when I saw people peacefully protesting and prayer vigils being held around everywhere and uh, people even at uh, the George Floyd murder scene where uh, friends of mine were gathering together and, and worshiping and praying and lifting up each other. And I felt happy to see uh, people coming together over a common cause and, and trying to make a change and trying to make a difference. Um, you know, so there's all these emotions that were going through my heart and my mind all week to the point where sometimes it was even hard to articulate how I felt. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to post. And there was all this mounting pressure on putting statements out and, and declaring where you stand. And obviously, I, I believe that Black Lives Matter. Obviously, you know, I, I don't want our streets to be rampaged. Obviously, you know, I love uh, the police officers that are doing a great job and, and believe they should stand up and call out injustice in their own department. Um, I have all those feelings. And, you know, I was at times worried about upsetting this side or upsetting that side. And, and obviously, you know, me, after a while, I really don't allow myself to get bothered too much with that. But here's what I did appreciate. With the fact that I was going through all these emotions, I love that God allows me to do that. I love that uh, the Lord doesn't stifle your emotions. That he doesn't say, hey, you're not allowed to be angry and you're not allowed to be sad and you're, you're not allowed to feel this way. God, in his infinite wisdom, created our emotions and allows us to experience them. He allows us to go through those emotions. And just last week when we had our senior night, one of our students mentioned her favorite series was one we did on emotions. And, you know, my heart right went back to that. And I'm so glad that she mentioned that because I began to just be reminded, yeah, this is this is okay to feel it. It's okay to feel angry and it's okay to feel sad and it's okay to feel hopeful or even at times hopeless. Um, the key to all of these things is bringing them before the Lord and allowing God to filter my emotions and help me process those emotions and continue to move forward with those. And as I was processing those emotions and praying about, well, what do I tell my young people when I come before you on Thursday? Uh, what do I communicate? Because I'm sure maybe you're feeling much of the same things that I was feeling. 
uh, maybe to different degrees. And uh, and I was thinking, well, maybe I'll talk about anger, or maybe I'll talk about you know frustration or justice. And you know, obviously there was a number of ideas that went through my mind, but the Lord landed me on one very powerful feeling, more than anger, and more than sadness, and even more than happiness. The Lord reminded me of love, and uh, I get it. That can be so cliche. That can be so. Uh, okay, we get it. We need to love each other. But honestly, love is the key to all of this. Uh, and it reminded me of a verse in Matthew chapter 24 as I was uh, going through Twitter and, and Instagram and Facebook and and watching different people posting different things and, uh, you know, the back and forth and the anger and the frustration and the, I would say, even literal hatred that was going spewed back and forth through the keyboard. Um, the Lord brought this verse to my heart, Matthew 24, verse 10 through 13, Matthew 24 verse 10 through 13. I'm reading in the NIV translation. Listen to what the Bible says. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. And here, listen to this. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. You know, it got a little scary uh, last week when the rioting and the looting started coming around my neighborhood. And uh, for the last several days, I've heard more gunshots than I'm used to. And it's sad that I'm used to gunshots, but uh, more police sirens, more, uh, you know, things going around and commotions happening. And, and I just was thinking about that. As wickedness increases in this world, so will the coldness of man's heart. We get desensitized to, to the violence. We get desensitized to caring anymore we, we, we figure this is just how it's going to be this is always how it's going to be uh there's always going to be injustice there's always going to be racism there's always going to be hatred there's always going to be people blaming people and fighting people and what's the point and i loved what jesus says because the heart of wickedness will grow cold right but then he goes on to say but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved the love of most will grow cold, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Yeah, most people might have allowed their hearts to continue to grow cold, but not all people. And those of us who are willing to stand firm in our love and are willing to love people through this time, those are the ones that will be saved. And so I want to go into just one more verse. It's kind of our, our main verse for this and, and just continuing in the book of Matthew. But I want to go back a little bit. Matthew chapter 5. I'm switching over to the New Living Translation. <clears throat> Sorry, the New Living Translation. Matthew 5, verse 46 through 48. It says, If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind to only your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. I love that verse because love is easy when it's towards people that you feel love you. Love is easy with easy people. If somebody's kind to you, if somebody pays you a compliment, if somebody is nice on the eyes, if somebody is someone you consider a loved one or a family member that you trust, you know, those people, those are easy to love. But what God is saying is, you don't get credit for loving the easy ones. It's the people that you find difficult to love. 
It's the ones that you disagree with. It's the ones that often can make you angry. It's the ones that post things that uh, trigger you or, or cause something to be stirred up inside you and, and make you want to lash out at them. You know, These are the things that God is saying, hey, listen, anyone can love people who love you. But are you willing to love difficult people? And I emphasize difficult in your eyes. Because, you know, to one person it might be exactly what they want to hear. And to another person it might be infuriating. But regardless, when they look at it through your lens, are you capable of loving someone that you find difficult to love? That is the credit that God gives you to say, listen, let's rise up and love the people that are most difficult to love. And, and he reminds us of a few things when it comes to love. And the first thing that I thought about is that love is uh, not a reaction, it's an action. Okay, love is an action, not a reaction. Well, what do I mean by that? Uh, you have to learn to be an initiator of love. I think oftentimes we're, we're waiting for the other person to love first, the, the other person to humble themselves first, or the other person to uh, express those words. And what God is reminding us is that love means we are initiators of love. We're the ones that take the first step. We're the ones that when the, the situation is getting a little too elevated or emotions are running a little too high, we revert back to love and we initiate love into the process. We love people through their pain. We love people through their anxiety. We love people through their frustrations. You know, I found myself this week having to talk with people that were going through difficult times and calling up friends that I know who are really struggling during this time and just loving them. And how did I love them? One, I, I reached out. I checked in. I said, how are you doing? How are you feeling? What's going on? And then I just listened. You'd be amazed how loved somebody feels when you just sat down and listen. And now we're in an age where everyone feels <clears throat> pressured or everyone feels even this uh, yearning to express how they feel. And when everyone is expressing how they're feeling, then nobody's sitting down and listening to someone's feelings. And the initiators of love, we are the ones who say, hey, let me, even if I don't agree with you, let me hear you. Let me express to you that I love you. Even when we disagree on points, I still love you. And I want to love you enough that maybe hearing you will change how I think. Or maybe at least hearing you will allow me to be empathetic to what you're going through and how you're feeling. As opposed to just fighting you back with my own words. Initiators of love are people who understand that what I'm saying and what I'm doing has to be reflected in love. That if I'm going to fight injustice, I have to do so in love. That if I'm going to argue a point with somebody, that I have to do so in love. That if I'm trying to gain understanding and common ground, it has to be done with love. Love is what's going to enable us to get past difficult times like what we have found ourselves in. Love is going to help us go through these situations and come out of it with a productive aspect. Listen, 1 John chapter 3, verse 18 through 19 Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth. So we will be confident when we stand before God. Again, this week I saw amazing acts of love on the streets of Chicago. Amazing acts of love throughout our country. And I get that's not sexy for the news. And the news is going to always show you uh, the more sensationalized stuff because... 
that's a business and uh you know they need to to have you click on that article and watch that video and that's not to say that those things aren't happening absolutely they are but love is also happening and i saw many brothers and sisters marching through the streets and and peacefully protesting what they believed in and what's right on the other hand i saw people full of rage and full of anger hurting and looting and rioting and hijacking this moment for their own advantage. And you saw the response from people. The ones who acted in love had great responses. Even if people didn't agree with what they were doing, they respected them. And the ones who acted in hate, even though, honestly, some of it can be justifiable and I can totally understand why they feel the way they do, but it's hard to justify their actions. Love is an action and if we can learn to act in our love even if it's a result of something painful even if what you want to do is change something that severely hurts you or or address somebody that's really come at you and and listen this might be somebody in your personal life somebody who's severely hurt you and and caused you to have serious pain and and you you know all you want to do is physically hurt them and all you want to do is make sure that they feel the same pain back but i'm telling you that won't satisfy the need that you have. If you can get to the point where you love them, and I know that sounds so far-fetched, but if you can get to that point where you process those emotions with love, you'll find much greater results in that. The other thing that I think is very important is that love isn't only an initiator, it's an identifier. Love is an identifier. This is how we are to be identified. It's the stamp that God puts on our bodies so that the world will know who we are. People will know you, not necessarily by what you say, not necessarily by how you look, but in how you love. Listen, Jesus said, they will know you are mine in John 13, verse 34 through 35. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Again, sometimes it's disheartening because we see Christians fighting Christians. We see believers attacking believers. And this is the very thing that confuses the world. That causes the world to say, I don't want anything to do with God and Christianity and all that other stuff. Look at how hateful these people are. Look at how much they attack even each other. This is where love has to prevail and be the identifier of who you are. You can love somebody that you disagree with. You can love somebody who maybe doesn't support the things that you support, or maybe you don't support the things that they support, but we can still agree to love them. We can still agree uh, to have some civility in that and to help process that and to understand what they're going through. I understand even the hatred that's come towards police officers and In many cases, you know, I've had my own experiences that could very easily cause me to have aggression towards them. But I learned a long time ago that aggression breeds aggression and hatred breeds hatred. And yes, there are some systemic changes that need to happen and some accountability that absolutely needs to occur. But we initiate that with love so that we can be identified by our love. We love people through change. We love people through correction. We love people through accountability. We do that personally and we need to do that as a society. We need to be able to love people because that is who we represent. 
understand that right now as a believer, you represent more than your culture, more than your skin color, more than your own personal identity. You represent Christ. And as representatives and ambassadors of Christ, we need to be fully clothed in love and ensure that people will first identify us with Christ. Then they can identify us with everything else that they want to identify us. Obviously, I can't rub off my skin color, but I shouldn't mask my love either. I have to be willing to initiate and to be identified by the way that I love people. And the reason is this. When it comes to believers, when it comes to you and me, those who profess to be children of Jesus, of uh, the Lord, saved by Jesus Christ, you are obligated to love. Yes, we are initiators. Yes, we are identified. But we are also obligated to love. Listen, uh, Romans 13, verse 8 through 10. You owe nothing to anyone except so you don't owe people an explanation. You don't owe people a statement. You don't owe people, you know, you don't owe anybody anything except this, it says. you For your obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of the law. For the commandments say you must not commit adultery. You must not murder. You must not steal. You must not covet. These and other such commandments are summed up in this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to others. So love fulfills the requirements of God's law. You can sum up the entire law with love. All the things that we are obligated to do. And oftentimes I hear that, well, well as a Christian, what, what am I obligated to do? What do I have to do? You have to love people. That's your greatest obligation. More than having to go to church and having to read your Bible and having to pray, having to, those, those aren't have tos. Those are get tos. Like I love that I get to talk to God. I love that he speaks to me through his word. I love to gather together with his people. I, I get to do that, but I don't have a choice when it comes to love. I have to love. I have to love my neighbor. Even if my neighbor doesn't look like me, even if my neighbor doesn't speak like me, even if my neighbor doesn't think like me, I am obligated to love them by my very relationship with Christ, by the mere fact that I uh, am identified with him and I'm an initiator of his love, I am obligated to love my neighbors. Who's my neighbor? Everyone. Everyone I come across is my neighbor. Everyone that uh, is a part of my life or who I may never see is my neighbor. People are your neighbors. The black person, the Asian, the Hispanic, the white, the police officer, the firefighter, the nurse, the pastor, everybody is your neighbor. And by that very nature, we are obligated to love them. Maybe not agree, maybe not um, always come to the same understanding or the same views on things, but absolutely obligated to love people. And listen. I'm telling you, from my own personal heart, it's been hard to love some people this week. After seeing things that they say, after hearing things that they're spewing, it's hard to love some of these people. But I love them anyways, because I'm obligated to. Listen, let's, let's be even more transparent. Some of you have been difficult to love at times. I have been difficult to love at times. And I thank God 
for the believers who looked beyond my stupidity and looked beyond my transgressions and loved me anyway. Who are willing to uh, go beyond what I might have said when I put my foot in my mouth or what I might have done that could have been offensive and said, Joey, I love you anyways. These are the things that allow us to get past what we're going through as a society. And believers, hear me out. Because the majority of the people that are angry in this world are unbelievers. And there are many, even Christians, as the Bible said earlier in Matthew, the love of most will grow cold. But those of us who are holding strong, we have to love in this season. We have to be willing to love. Not just even as a society, but in our personal lives. Listen, there may be a person in your life that you're still having trouble loving because of what they've done to you. Because of how they've hurt you. How they've affected you. You have to learn to love them. And I get it. Jesus must have had a hard time on the cross. Loving the people he was dying for as they were spitting on him. And uh, throwing insults at him. And just yelling and, and just horrible, horrible things. He must have had a hard time loving the Roman soldiers who were ripping his back apart with whips. And mocking him as he hung on the cross. It must have been hard to love you and I when we were at our darkest and most sinful moments of our life. But the Bible is clear that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That he didn't wait for us to be the ones who initiated the love. He initiated love when he was willing to give up his life on the cross so that you and I can have a relationship with him. One that will result in love for our neighbors. First John Chapter 4, verse 18 through 21 is one of my favorite passages. It says, such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other. Listen to, we love each other because he loved us first. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command, those who love God must also love their fellow believers. Again, I understand that it's challenging to love people sometimes. I understand that it doesn't always come natural for all of us to be initiators of love. It doesn't always come natural for all of us to, to adhere to the obligation to love. It doesn't always come natural to identify as someone who loves. But it is imperative. It is so important that you and I demonstrate love in everything we do. In the post we put, in the conversations we have, in the interactions we have, with our family. Listen, I get it. Two months you've been trapped at home. Some of these family members are driving you up the wall. And you're saying, Pastor Joy, I've tried to love them. I I've tried to show love. And they keep responding with hate. And they keep pushing back at me. And it just doesn't seem like I'm ever going to get anywhere. Love anyway. Love, love, love. No matter what they do. No matter what the other person does. You, believer child of God, are obligated to be initiators and identifiers of God's love. And I get that it's difficult. 
For you, this is impossible. But for God, all things are possible. And so we lean on the Holy Spirit for help. We lean on the Holy Spirit to point out any unlove that's in our heart, any hatred, any anger, anything that might offend him. Invite the Holy Spirit to point that out. Listen, you might personally have some racial biases. You might personally have some thoughts that aren't godly, that that we've masqueraded, uh, that we've convinced ourselves is okay. But listen, we can't be the judge of what's right and wrong in our own hearts. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to have its authority over our lives and to say, this is what you should do. And this is what you shouldn't. This is how you should think and not this way. This is how you are to love and not respond in the way you've been responding. Allow the Holy Spirit to heal you from that unforgiveness in your heart that's been honestly hurting you more than it's been hurting them. Allow the Holy Spirit to heal those parts of your uh, emotions and those parts of your innermost being that are honestly saddened and hurting from the events that we've seen this past week, or maybe stuff that are completely different altogether. I mean, there may be some situations, some things that you're going through that have nothing to do with what's been happening this past week. Nonetheless, I'm telling you, the prescription is love. And I get that that sounds corny. I get that that sounds even too simple. But love is anything but simple. Love is a very difficult thing to do when you're loving difficult people. Love is a very difficult thing to do when you're loving people who you don't want to love. But love is also an incredibly powerful thing when it's given to those who feel that you hate them. Love is an incredibly powerful thing when it's given to those who didn't expect it. So church, I want to encourage you as we move forward in the next coming weeks and months as things begin to progress and as you continue to mature in your life, let's love and let's ask God to help us to love. As a matter of fact, those of you who are part of Excel, tomorrow we're going to be having uh, in our small groups a prayer meeting time where we're going to come together and we're going to Ask God to help us love. Ask God to help us heal. Ask God to help us with all the situations that have been brought to light in this past week. We're going to seek the face of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to ask God to help us manage and love through this process. It's impossible to do it on your own. You can't will yourself. You can't make yourself. This is something that is birthed of God because God is love. And we can only love as God teaches us and enables us to love. And so I want to encourage you, young people, to make sure that you talk to your small group leaders, that you get the Zoom information. And if you're watching and you don't have that and you're a teenager who wants to be a part of it, contact me. We'd love to have you involved. And for everybody else who might be watching, have your own prayer time. Fast. Seek the Lord. If it's enough to worry about, it's enough to post about, it's absolutely enough to pray about. We need God's help to be initiators, to be identifiers, and to fulfill our obligation to love people as he has called us to love them. So let me pray for you, church, as I close this out. Heavenly Father, God, I'm so grateful for your love. God, I'm grateful that you have given us an example of how to love, even when hatred is being spewed, even when anger is flooding the streets, even when it feels like I just can't love them anymore. Lord, you loved us anyways. Lord, I thank you 
that you first loved us, that you didn't wait for us to show our gratitude and our love for you, that you didn't wait for us to take the first step. But Lord, you uh, imitated what it means to be initiators of love by allowing yourself to be hung up on that cross and, and killed for our sins, Lord. You conquered death three days later so that we can love each other today. So Lord, I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit, would you just well up love in our hearts, God? Would you help us, Lord, to be initiators of love, to take that first step, Lord, to be offering that olive branch of love? Lord, would you help us to identify with your love, to be reminded on a regular basis that we represent you and how we act with people and how we treat people, and Lord, that we could do so with a greatness of love. And Father, lastly, I pray that you help us to fulfill that obligation that we have, God. Help us to understand that we don't have a choice of whether or not or who we get to love. That we are obligated to love because you first loved us. So Father, we thank you for that. We pray for the unity of the body. And Lord, we pray for our streets. And we pray for our country. And we pray for this world, God, that you would bring peace as love prevails and as your people take the first step in reminding the world that they are loved by you and so they are loved by us. We thank you for all that and we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church, and I will see you tomorrow at our prayer meeting. Amen.